0: Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Brian LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have begun cooperating at the outset of the next quest. Atticus traded combat training philosophies with Eli, Morgan was given a mission to eliminate interrogator Cora, and Valentine learned that Inquisitor Kanehurst may be far more corrupt than he originally seemed. Everything seems to be going right, so what will be the first thing that goes wrong? Find out next in this episode of The Valentine Heresy.
1: Captain's Log grimly moody empty no entries since the death of billingberg save one single word atticus underlined twice things are going remarkably smoothly on the marnie's song and i know in the grim darkness of the future where there's only war usually there's a lot of problems uh and particularly in space there's a lot of space problems But you're in the rare situation where you're in an incredibly well-equipped vehicle, traveling in-system, searching for a beacon that you have kind of rough coordinates for, uh, and a relatively safe part of space. Now, granted, there is still, um, you know, the Heretic Sun, just like a giant, horrific black void just hanging out there that is somewhat upsetting. Uh, But it's long since been contained so it's really one of those things that's like alarming to look at, but also is under control. So there's not really nothing you can do about it. It's not like you're staring directly into you know the eye of terror or anything. Um, so you have a little bit of a, a little bit of a break as you you fly. Um, off air, we were joking about um, how well Dan Abnett does this in like the Eisenhorn books, where it's like, yeah, there's just long spells of time where it's just like, and then they did stuff. Anyway, here's the next major major plot beat. And obviously, we're on our way to that next major plot beat right now. But um, there is a little bit of time on the ship as, as we travel to try and accomplish some of the things that you have either been ordered to do by Valentine or that the retinue has decided uh, that they, they want to do uh, collectively. Um, to begin with, we get a couple of the things that um, had been immediately ordered upon takeoff. Uh, so upon leaving last gleaming, uh, the first of which is uh, Traces Savannikoff uh, arriving arriving um, to, I guess, honestly, the bar at this point, Morgan, because I assume that's kind of become your your main spot. Like that's uh, I, I, you have quarters, but I assume that the you've kind of you created like a ten forward kind of situation where it's just like you want to talk to Guinan, come to the bar, I'll be mm-hmm. there. Uh, would that be fair to say?
2: Yeah, I think it's, mm-hmm. for for now, anyway, that's mm-hmm. a great place that she's set up and is e- easily finding people. So yeah, spotter spot.
1: spot. And, uh, can I ask Morgan, what is, uh, what are your quarters look like? Are they very Spartan? Are they well appointed? Like what's, what are your living situation? What is your living situation aboard the ship?
2: Did we all get separate rooms?
1: Everybody gets a room.
2: All right. (gasps) Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, no expense. I don't think she would have that many things she has. What the One of the main things that would have a place of honor is she has a big sniper rifle that would need its own space, either on the wall or on a shelf or something like that. The other thing that would be up in her room pasted on the wall is the love poem from Aurelian Gorewalker that she had oh. still in her vest that she stuck up on the wall.
1: That is very, very sweet. Uh He doesn't know about it, but if he did, he would lose his mind. Um, I think it's safe to say, Dell, that because of Billy Berg's wealth and how well-appointed the ship is, uh, just kind of imagine that as long as it's not a highly specific thing, you could probably find some facsimile of it here. Uh, You know, he's got just, you know, I'm imagining it kind of like, uh, you know, a a fancy, you know, British Royal Navy ship where it's like, oh, there are some comfy armchairs here too, because why not? Like Mm -hmm. digging around, particularly given that like Valentine's got his very orderly quarters, there's probably just a bunch of stuff that is unwanted and unused in one of the holds. So if there's anything you would want uh, within reason, again, like easily, you know, mounting for a rifle, very easy to find. Um, But would there be any other flourishes you would want? Or is that kind of as long as you've got the basics and you've got your poem and your rifle
2: yeah, I think it's it's more that she's not a very cozy room person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She spent a lot of time sleeping in vents on ships, so totally fine. I think if anything, she would pull some of those amenities and put them by the bar, like a fancy chair right, right, and right. maybe a big painting or something, just to be like, "Here you go, this sprucing up this corner."
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, great. So Ivanikov uh, arrives and he um, says. Uh, uh, Ms. Rawls, uh, I've been uh, sent by the Inquisitor to uh, speak to you about uh, the. Any if kind she of, like, would
2: put his put her hand up and put her finger on his mouth, and say, would you like to go speak in your quarters privately?
1: Um, and he he like nods, and as you kind of take your finger, away, he's like, "I was about to look left and right in a kind of a conspiratorial way to make sure no one's listening." That is a don't do plan. that. <laughs> you see, learning new things all the time. Um, and so uh, he um, he kind of like leads you uh, back to his quarters. On the way, he's just like complimenting the hell out of that drink. Like he has never had uh, a, a fancy uh, Cathedral of Blood uh, before. And uh, just like he he's describing it like someone who has heard like, you know, a beautiful piece of music for the first time. It's just like. Yeah, uh, you know, I did not expect the sweetness, but then bam, right in the back of the palate. I don't know Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, oh, and then
2: I am uh, so glad you liked it. I will make you one any time you just come back to the bar. I'm so glad it made you happy.
1: I. Uh, that is very kind. I do not know that I could have it all the time. That seems. Uh,
2: as long uh, as we have supplies, that is.
1: Yes. Yes. It just. Uh, you know, it seems a little bit like a treat. Uh, it Seems like a special thing. I don't you want to... deserve
2: a treat. You must be working so hard for the Inquisitor. Yes. Oh,
1: it's it no trouble. But uh, yes, I am working rather hard. He says as he opens the door to his quarters, and it's just like it's like that Charlie uh, Day like <laughs> fucking serial killer map, where it's just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the entire room is is like he's just he's tacked up. Um, paper, every, like, scrolls everywhere, wax seals for days. Uh, he's got purity seals like you wouldn't believe. Um, and uh, he he has to, like, push reams of paper out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get the sense that, like, he didn't know how long this trip was going to be, so he just bought <laughs> as much paper as he could. Um, and he gestures uh, to a chair and just kind of, like, reaches out um, and just shakes paper off of it. Um and uh, and kind of slams it back down. Uh, he looks around and almost like noticing for the first time. He's like, "Oh, uh, I'm uh, sorry for the mess. I forget sometimes that uh, well, the way my brain works, and uh, the nature of my work requires this uh, controlled chaos. It is not for everyone. I do apologize, but I can assure you, it is secure."
2: Morgan will step over like in between little reams of paper and like the curly bits that have been printed off and we'll make it over to the chair and just like lift herself into the chair and sit cross-legged in it so that the feet aren't on any of the papers. Oh, that's just,
1: very considerate of you, Morgan. Yeah, yeah. uh, Can you roll me a perception, please? Sure. Uh, difficulty of four. This room is complete
3: nightmare fuel. Uh, and I'm going to say... I think it was three us and two for you for that story points. Yep. I didn't know if that was your head, heading, but I just want to make yep. sure we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Morgan, would you be actively
1: trying to eyeball what he's working on? Is that part of your objective for going back here? Or did you just not want anyone listening?
2: She didn't want anyone listening. Okay. Uh, she wouldn't not look, but she yeah, wouldn't yeah. be actively. She just wants to check a check mark off of her
1: uh, yeah, to-do understood. list. Yep. Okay, great. So then no, definitely no boost. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you a setback for not actively looking. Um,
2: okay. Yeah, I figure we'll just see what gets picked up here. Mm-hmm you said perception double checking okay i'm just gonna roll it as is two successes three threats
1: cool (laughs) weird (laughs) okay um so you lower yourself into the uh into the chair and um again like purely accidentally, you know, like mm-hmm. accidentally seeing someone's screen, if you're like working in a coffee shop or something, I literally had this experience on a train today where like the person next to me was also working on their laptop and I accidentally spotted like an open file and was like, Oh no, no, I'm not supposed to see anything on their computer. It's like, but mm-hmm. now I must know. And so the it's rest of the trade ride is like actively trying not to look at the screen. Um, so you have that, uh, a bit mm-hmm. of a moment of that. Um, Morgan, what was, uh, uh, a. What was the name of your home planet? And B. What was the kind of like uh, the, the sort of natural bioclimate of it, pre pre cult town?
2: Wow. What was the name of the planet? I can tell you that the climate was half. It, it was half like very nice and green and had a lot of uh, agriculture. But the other half of it, and the reason that it was quarantined instead of blown up, is it had awesome weapons manufacturing going on on there. So it was like a 50-50 split. Like you could go over a nice green field and look over and boom, huge factories where guns are made and where people ship guns in and out. Gotcha. Um, And the name of it was... and I am bad at... Coming up you with you this can also throw act. to
3: the rest of the, the, Please the, rest help.
2: Of the phone. I was going to say,
3: I love that sound. If the world was just named... That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be called Keru. That's fine.
2: All right. Let's do it.
1: Right. Um, so you you definitely, like, again, without really meaning to, um, you see that uh, there is information on Keru that has been... Um, printed and tacked up um you see a um um, a quick like there's obviously like a couple of articles uh about weapons manufacturer you see Mm -hmm. like um you know a manifest um you know likely the company logo that you're used to seeing everywhere because presumably if you're on a weapons manufacturing planet it's the kind of thing where it's just like almost a, a borderlands level of like you just see the fucking name of the guns
0: Mm-hmm.
1: all over the place um but interestingly um there uh Draceous has printed out um uh just a full like almost a, a children's picture book level of pictures of local wildlife like all of the xenos mm-hmm. files on the the non-sentient i mean like sentient meaning you know, like non-conscious uh xenos wildlife on your planet and he's arranged them all and has like lines drawn to them um and seems to have been taking some some great interest in the wildlife uh, of of your planet
2: okay so this is not something that she had, would expect or think about she sees some of that stuff in some of the printing like the manifesto stuff printed out and without being able to stop herself picks some of it up and is looking at it and is shaking
1: there's your threat um, so he, um, he turns back, um, and his demeanor shifts, and, uh, he says, ah, uh, yes, uh, I'm sure these are, uh, familiar names to you.
2: What are you doing with all of this?
1: That is between the Inquisitor and I. I apologize if I have caused any undue, uh stress or anxiety for you here but uh, there are questions that must be answered and my business is answering questions
2: she's gonna throw a sheet of paper at him what questions do you have that i cannot answer
1: this seems like a conversation to include the inquisitor with you would like to go further with this particularly aggressive form of communication with Rauls. and he's like reaching for the comms uh, do you want to try and stop him before he pushes the button?
2: Yeah, she's going to, have to try and stop him then.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's do an opposed check. Uh, I will. Pro- I'll just give you his stats as okay. the difficulty. I think probably makes mm-hmm. the most sense. Um, so um, he is going for uh, this is probably a coordination. Realistically, uh, well, no, go techies. Let's techies. Okay. So um, that's going to be. Uh, Three green. Oh, sorry. Three purple. One red. Okay. Um, for him, um, I'm going to give him a boost because he knows. Ex- uh, sorry, uh, I'll give you a setback because he knows exactly where it is oh, amongst yeah. all the papers. Whereas totally. it would take you a moment to realize that that's what <laughs> he's. He he's not even do. doing that yeah. um I am, however, going to give you a boost because you just threw a bunch of paper at him, and he's not. <laughs> he's not a nimble guy. Like he mm. is. He's built for for learning, not for moving. Uh and I'm going to spend a story point.
2: Okay. And what am I, do- or you're spending a story point. I'm spending so story point, so it'll be two, two red, purple, two, two red. purple. Yeah. Okay. And then what Which am means I it's doing? four
1: and one in your favor.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. And what skill am I using to fight
1: this? I would say this is probably a, like, we're, we're looking for reflex here. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking coordination might make sense. Sure. Unless you want to attack him. No. So just trying to get in the way that i think it's it's coordinated she
2: would just be trying to grab his arm right yeah. yeah so we'll just do coordination um and let's i'll spend a story point back we'll just take all it. right it's just a split second leaning on this all right here we go let's see what happens two successes
1: okay yeah great um so yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're you're built to stop people. He is not built to uh okay. pass. past. So you managed to to grab his wrist. Um yeah. and uh he realizes he's kind of stuck now. Um yep. he's he's sealed the room like when you came in. Like it's not locked, but he he can't like run past you. You've got his wrist. Uh you know, my old aikido would, teacher would tell me you own him now basically. Mm. Uh so um yeah. what she would uh, what do you step do? Step
2: up to him. She's a pretty tall lady, so she might be looking down into his face and holding his wrist and just, I am sorry to have gotten so angry, but is this just research for the Inquisitor? What are the plans with this?
1: Um, and he narrows his eyes, but he knows he's kind of stuck and you got successes. So I can't really stop you. Um, he says, uh, Miserals, uh, I do not make it my business to intrude too much into the history of those who have decided to work for the inquisition. Uh, generally speaking, as I understand it, it is a, for some, it is not a particularly pleasant, uh, vocation. It is not something they wish to do. Uh, they do not wish to serve. They are instead forced to because of what has happened in their past. That past is no business of mine unless there are unanswered questions. In your case, the Inquisitor kanehurst he plucked you out of a rather bad situation. Uh, by all accounts, you should have been killed, would have been uh, correct under protocol, and yet he kept you alive. This is interesting. There is no reason for this, and yet here we are planet. It was uh, under quarantine. Obviously, the weapons manufacturer off of Karu is very important. Uh, Sorry, I mispronounced. Karu uh, is uh, (laughs) very important. Uh, So that is fine. That makes sense. What does not make sense is why a a cult uh, of any sort would uh, come to such an important imperial planet and ignore the weapons manufacturer entirely. Why would anyone, Seize the planet, and instead uh, just set up in the agricultural, the lush part of the planet. Take over a bunch of—you will forgive the term—but uh, a, a bunch of plebs who have no understanding uh, of, of the planet they are on or what they are doing there. They're just around, living their lives, doing whatever your people did. Why set up there? Why not take the weapon plants? Why do we not have a bunch of chaos cultists running around with guns? Why was it so easy to quarantine the planet? Hmm? And then after that, why did Kanehurst keep you on staff? and then discard you. What happened there? You did not do anything to piss him off. There's nothing in the records about you defying him in any particular way, and yet he had some use for you, and then he did not. I do not understand why this is the case. And on top of this, on top of all of this, he could have ordered the Chaos Cultists killed, the ones who got off planets, the ones who escaped. He did not. He sought them out, and that, and he points at uh, one of the creatures on the wall. That, my friend, is the answer as to why. That is the answer as to why they were there. That is the only thing I can find about them that is different from the other heretical cults of Slanish. That, honestly, that is some fucked up shit and I do not understand what it means but that is for the inquisitor to decide now yes at first this was me looking into uh your past to try and answer this question which you yourself as i understand do not have an answer to but we are still putting together the weapons do not concern me
2: she takes a deep breath and calms down she actually bends down and picks up the paper she threw at him and hands them back to her or back to him and yes I suppose that, it a, that is a question I do not have the answer to. You are right. King Johur should have killed me. I waited every single day for him to do that. When he was gone, I figured that was it. But you are right. It is a mystery and it makes no sense. I wish you well in your research on this.
1: Um, and he, he kind of nods and he says, uh, we will... Uh discuss the, the brain scans in the moment, but, uh, I must ask Zen since we are on this topic. Um, and he, he sort of plucks the, um, uh, the, the Xenos file off, off the wall. And it's, um, uh, it's a, an undersea, like it, it's a, uh, aquatic creature, um, that looks, uh, this is a weird poll, but, uh, if you know, like, um, uh, Fisto from uh Clone Wars is like the, the smiling green guy with like the long head tentacles, like less humanoid, but kind mm-hmm. of that like somewhere between kind of a, a, a vaguely squid-like um creature, but almost with um, a feline body. Um and these I think would have been like undersea um honestly predators. Like I think your 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 people pretty much stayed away from them, but also they didn't oh, yeah. like come up on land and fuck around with anything, so it mm-hmm. didn't really matter. Um, but, uh, long kind of, uh, uh sort of like almost a, a, frill of tentacles and then long, two kind of long tendrils, like final fantasy cat monsters always have these fucking things, but just like long, um, tendrils with almost little spade shaped, um, feelers on the end. Um, and, uh, he just says, uh, how much do you know about, uh, these creatures?
2: she looks at it and she kind of just shakes her head i i knew of them i had never seen one it was not we knew to stay away from the wild life
1: uh, by all accounts that is the right calls. these are incredibly uh dangerous creatures uh, i was just wondering uh and forgive me this is a very strange question but um did you know about the pleasure pheromones that these creatures have?
2: She just makes a d- disgusting face.
1: And he nods and he's like, Yeah, that is what I did too. See, the cult of Slaanesh, they came to your planet oh, to. Do, uh, no,
2: do not talk about it. All right. I came for the brain scan. We'll talk about that. All right.
1: Fair enough. Honestly, I would not want to talk about it either.
2: Hey, it's Del! I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to The Valentine Heresy. And if you are so inclined, we at Dum Dumbs and Dice have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. There's tiers from $1 to $25 a month, which gets you super cool stuff and also helps support creatives like us. Uh, specifically us, you know, when doing this stuff. For just $1 a month, you can join our Discord, which is for patrons only, but you gain access to it forever. You can come hang out with us and talk about 40K and share your models and be super nerdy, because honestly, we're all super nerdy there. So if you feel so inclined and would like to support the shows, come on over and join us. Uh, it's patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. And that's right. Just type Type it. Type it in the search bar: uh, patreon.com/slash/dumdumdice, and we'll see you over there. Thanks.
1: And then the two of you get into it about Mm -hmm. the brain scan. But uh, Morgan, like, despite your kind of reluctance to talk about anything to do with a cult some of these questions have haunted you because the cult's actions made no fucking sense. Um, And aside from thinking you were worshiping the emperor the whole time, um, there are a lot of question marks. And again, I think you're, you know, it's that classic case of like, you're running away from your past and you actually just want to leave it there. Mm -hmm. You're not the person who's kind of looping back around to be like, but I must turn over every rock. Um, But of course those questions still bother you. They still linger in your mind. And Now that you're starting to get pieces of it um, and the pieces are starting to click in, uh, it's again, it's like you don't want to flip those rocks, but rocks are starting to get flipped. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Thaddeus Thunderhorn is walking down uh, one of the halls um, and he's actually feeling um, confident for the first time in maybe his whole life. Um, and because he has uh, he has mixed um, a tray of incredibly um, sort of like uh, uh, potent um, bitters uh, that can be added to drinks, uh, and he's been working on this like for for a few hours because he knew he had like just enough like medicinal stuff that he could really make these. And knowing that he's got a mixologist on board now, he's just really excited to try and repay the favor, the kindness that has been done to him. <laughs> So he's carrying this tray of little vials of bitters um, when all of a sudden a drill happens uh eli atticus what does a drill look like <laughs> and what happens to poor thaddeus and his vial of treats uh uh
0: yeah because laura laura knows exactly how this is gonna happen <coughs> uh,
1: <laughs> For the record, I don't expect either of you to have really planned this out that well or for it to be very good. Yeah. All I need is like from the hallway that we are yeah. situated in, watching Thaddeus Thunderhorn. I don't need to know the whole drill. I just need to know what happens in this
3: hallway well also, he's over. Okay. Theoretically, Eli has the DTs while trying to run his first drill. Yeah. The what? delirium tremens it's where like alcoholics get shaky when they don't have booze Uh. anymore if they've been career alcoholics so like eli's straight up in withdrawal if it's been like a day or two with no booze
0: yeah jesus (laughs) sweaty
3: Um, vomiting shaking eli yelling boarding
0: action (laughs) well and that's a hundred percent what it would be like because like eli's just like at this point, like, he's he's been trying to hold it together to be, like, a little bit more professional, like, with the, with the realization that, like, oh, he's going to be with these people for a while, like, kind of the old, and especially being aboard, like, a ship again. It's like, the old training kind of kicked into gear, you know? Uh, but at the same time, yes, dealing with, like, alcohol withdrawal, um, he's just become a lot more angry, um, so... So it's just like, like <laughs> alarms are sounding through More like, you, you have like <laughs> lights flashing so nice <laughs> and um Eli's just yelling like, move it, move it, move it. And I, it's just like, I, I imagine it's like Morgan comes running past like in one direction. Like people are running like the armory, the armory. <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, yeah. Uh...
1: Atticus, how are you supporting this boarding action?
3: Yeah, uh, as Thaddeus uh, is jostled uh, and and begins to move down the hallway at speed, um, Atticus uh, bursts forth out of a floor grate uh, <laughs> yes. and he has painted his face. <laughs> uh, he's like crudely drawn on like extra eyes because he's bald. So he's got <sighs> plenty of canvas to work with. Uh, and he comes up and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, Whoa! I'm one of the unspeakable evils that the warp has to show you and you're dead.
1: Baddius <laughs> full-on, like, uh, Kevin's chili just, like, <laughs> like le- like stumbles backward, flips sideways, shatters all these vials um, and, and, like, screams. It's just screaming gutturally. Uh, it sounds like a goat bleeding. It is awful. Um,
0: Eli comes, like, just tearing around the corner uh, towards Thaddeus and uh, and be like, we went through this. We went through this. What do you do? What do you
3: do in a I'm, boarding
1: action? I'm dead. I've been killed by one of the unspeakable horrors of the warp. The only things worse than myself got to me. It's ironic. Your
3: first mistake, Thaddeus, because death on this ship is unacceptable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Inquisitor gave us in order to keep you alive. So what do you do?
1: Oh, I live, oh, I live! And he just like, just like hulks out. Like he, he just stands up, grabs the tray, screams, and then like, doesn't swing it. Because obviously like he does it to you, he's like, and then I would hit the creature repeatedly with my tray. No, you stupid
0: abomination. <laughs> you go to the med bay, you lock everything down and you Stay there out of sight.
1: Do I bring my tray?
0: You bring whatever makes it faster for you to get there.
1: And then he's like, not my tray. Puts the tray down and he like takes off down the hallway. Meanwhile, um, Father Marcellus, like you you just hear like singing. um, (laughs) And he's just like walking like chest puffed out. um, Like shotgun, uh, like just across his arms oh, like cradled like a baby um just walking through uh the hall and the second he sees Atticus out of out of the vent just like with practice precision um, flips the shotgun says bang um like flips it back checks the ammo count um, and then just continues seeing it. it's literally just like a weird banshee just drifting <laughs> through the halls of the ship um, Eli
0: does like a subtle nod to him. <laughs>
1: Doesn't acknowledge you. He's in a combat situation. Yes. There's, no, there's none of this. Uh, none of this. Um, uh, and similarly, um, like Cora is, <laughs> you like you pass a door frame and it's like the the like the light bulbs have been knocked out uh, and there's just like broken glass in front of the door um, and you can see her jacket on a chair. Like, she's clearly set up a little like kill space and she just kind of gives you a little like salute. To indicate, like, yes, we're in the middle of a drill, but... Um, and then Katamata's like, oh, I'm sorry about the lights. We'll replace them.
2: Huh.
1: Um, so you crunch those on your way by. <laughs> um... There's that, like, one engineer um, who is still on the ship who is literally just cowering in a corner um, saying, like, a litany of of prayers. Like, please no chainsword. 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 Um, And uh, as soon as he sees you, though, Eli, he just, like, immediately stands up and, like... <laughs> like turning a crank, like he's just doing engineering things, uh, <laughs> like a henchman in the back of the, like the, the, the back of a Bond film. Um, and uh, he, he says, This is just, just still working, still working, still working, working for the Emperor, working for Valentine. Working on what? M- making sure that if anyone invades, they kill me first because they assume I'm doing important work.
0: That's that should buy you time to kill them. Not your role. Uh, have we got like Prometheum stuff on board? Like,
1: I mean, like presumably fuel to, and stuff. Feel, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: it's like your role is to immediately lock down any explosives within engineering so that the damn borders can't access it and destroy
1: us. Um, and he, he just nods and he says, "Okay, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. That's me, good old Ted Retwick, reliable engineer of note. I'll I'll get right on that." Now! Yeah, he just like does, does the like, cartoon <laughs> thing where he like, jumps up in the air and then runs off. Excellent. Um,
0: Ked, Ked Retwick?
1: Ked Retwick, notable engineer, <laughs> who was never named before, <laughs> but has been aboard the ship for a while. Um,
0: okay. Eli's bad books now. Excellent.
1: Great. Um, so overall, uh, Eli, uh, you know, once the drill is complete, um, not, not great. But also not the worst, given that none of these people seem like, you know, proper Space Navy people, (laughs) Space Nautical people. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, overall, not not great, not the worst. Um, I'm going to say because of the boarding party, uh, everyone now gains a a natural advantage. And this is true crew-wide. that's nice. On um, any, any kind of unexpected... Um, boarding actions or basically a shipwide emergency um, people gain a a boost dice Um, because they may not necessarily be able to stop whatever's happening but at least they're over the course of your drills you manage to scare them into you screamed at them randomly enough that now they're just ready for random stuff they're always slightly ready just in case excellent um that said uh eli uh you are gonna take three strain that uh, feels right you cannot find a fucking drink on this boat
3: um and that is uh that is a bummer oh and it's probably also worth flagging narratively for eli because i feel like eli's this kind of person it would probably be tremendously frustrating, but you've never successfully got the drop on Valentine ever. Wherever you go, he's armed. There's an ambush. He's always nice. got a gun. Like there's just he's that boss you really want to fucking get. Yeah. And you he, yeah, it, yeah, he grew yeah. up with the scholar progenium as a trained commissar. It's just like he yeah. sleeps with a gun on him. If there's a sound, he's up. There's a white whale to get, and that's getting Valentine unprepared for a boarding action. (laughs) Atticus is always pleased with how prepared Valentine is. (laughs) He shows up in various kinds of just homemade slapdash dress of what kind of horrors the warp might present, Uh, and every every time he's like, you're good, sir. (laughs) Yeah, I think... And it's one, of the, it's one of those funny things because Valentine's bolt pistol, he custom made paint rounds so he can actually fire without <laughs> having to embarrassingly yell bang. So it's like him just shooting Atticus in the head, like just triple shotting him, like forehead, cheek, cheek, covered in paint. And then Atticus is just so proud of him. Yeah. It's just this ridiculously yeah. uncomfortable scene. Yeah. <laughs> Taking off his glasses and, you know, wipes them off, puts <laughs> them back on. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't have glasses, Valentine would only do body shots. But the glasses mean he can safely practice headshotting demons. Well, so we've seen how impressive Atticus's forehead is in that that picture. Like, that is a forehead that can take a paintball His shot. The forehead goes on for days. This yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> goes all the way back. The forever head. Um, yeah. yeah. So Valentine usually ends up, because his quarters are next to the bridge, he's usually the guy that, like, he's hidden in the floor and shot up through the floor. He climbed into the ceiling and dropped grenades on you. Like, he's inside the bridge and power swords as he comes through the door. That's his, his goal. I like to is, imagine, like, a, at least once, uh, you accidentally found Morgan
1: <laughs> attempting the same thing.
2: Oh no! And then, yeah. like, later
1: that day, you accidentally <laughs> <laughs> encountered Cora attempting the same thing. It was just like, <laughs> A bunch of different, it's it's just that classic, like, oh, yes, this would be a great place to, Fair, you you were here
3: first. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So the sneaky people being sneaky. That's where Valentine, like, goes up. into the bridge and leaves the door open and yells from inside, like, you'll never take me alive. And they storm the bridge and Morgan just shoots them through the floor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep, <Yeah>.
3: yep. <laughs> um, but overall,
1: uh, you're all starting to feel a, a bit more like a team, uh, despite all the subterfuge. Um, also, uh, uh, Kotov absolutely does not participate, other than just getting <laughs> shot by paintballs and just be like, oh, oh, yeah, okay." That, yeah, that's that, that's great. You, 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 yeah, you, yeah, you got the mechanicus who can't uh, can't move too fast. Good, good, for you. Can I get back to work? Um, no, that would be mechanicus. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, oh,
1: fine. Go oh, sit oh, over I'm dead.
3: there. Okay, I'm dead. Oh no! I just like he sits down. Um, but just, he's but- also not allowed to be armed because he's a prisoner. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. literally, yeah. Just an unarmed slow man they murder every you're drill. Just
2: trolling yeah.
3: him. Just <laughs> like Atticus makes sure. of malice. We're doing a drill. I'm focused on other things and I can't leave you unattended. <laughs> so hold this red handkerchief. That means you're dead and go sit with the other red handkerchiefs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> just like him and Grimly Moody just sitting together being like, well, there it is. Um, yeah, Grizzly has never survived a drill if he's not on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Even then, I don't think he survives any of these because
1: like, invariably everyone assaults the bridge. And he's always <laughs> plugged into the chair. So he's a pretty easy guy to get. Um, and I expect is like one of the few exceptions to the rule because it's also like, even if there is a boarding action, we still need you to pilot the ship. So mm. die in your chair or <laughs> get literally murdered by Atticus for leaving it. Um, in any case, uh, you, you all do start to feel uh, more like a crew. Um, the day before uh, you arrive um, at the... Uh, uh,
0: I just want to say, Tom, that uh, Valentine did order Eli to spend a week with Thaddeus. I don't fair know enough. if yep. we want to yep. do anything. <laughs> well,
3: mm-hmm. here's the question. Did you do it?
0: Yes. I, Eli absolutely would have done it.
3: Okay. He wouldn't You're have right.
0: disobeyed that
1: order. Okay. That's interesting to me. Uh, yes. Thank you. That's a good, good one for us to touch on. Okay. Um,
0: I mean, Eli would have gone like immediately, like just to look for like Eddie alcoholic
1: substances. Yeah, I get that. Um, okay, cool. So Laura, I'm going to give you a rank, uh, well, okay. Let, let's let's do a roll, and then we'll see how much Medicaid okay. you you earn. Oh, lovely. Um, I'm gonna. I think, si- as you
0: can tell by that boarding action, like Eli is still like he's not cool with Thaddeus. but like no,
1: no, no, no. And we'll we'll deal with that. Like um, never
0: be cool with it. Like are you so. I think me? But, I like, think this
1: is gonna be discipline. Okay. Um, because you've been given an order, you got okay. a thing you got to do. You don't really want to do it and he's uh to your eyes uh, a mutant abomination who should be destroyed but yeah. he's also the, probably the only person who can make booze on this boat so there's that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and you've been I also like
0: like I, you know like Eli sees his value Totally. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah yeah of course. Like medical It's just like you're also just in a fucking bad mood all the time right uh-huh. now. Um so uh we're going to go with discipline. Um I'm going to say this is a difficulty of 4. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you two setbacks for your general physical state during this time, particularly that first week is going to be real bad for you. Yeah. Um, And then I'm going to give you a further setback, again, just to the fact that you have a lifetime of Imperium conditioning to just hate any species that's different from you, um, even though he's technically human. Yeah. and then, uh, I'm going to give you a boost because I think you actually do want to do a good job of this, yeah. you've been you've been handed an order and it's an order on a ship. So like, mm-hmm. that's a fucking thing you understand. Uh, anything else you want to make an argument for Laura or anyone yeah, else? Yeah,
0: I want to, I want to use a story point. Okay, sure. Um, and I want, I would, I'm going to use my emperor's blessing, which, mm-hmm. uh, lets me add, uh. To boost to a skill check once per uh, session, and uh, And or just to
1: clarify, are you using your special birthday story point or just a normal story (laughs) point?
0: Uh, normal story point. Yeah, that's
1: good. Good. (laughs) Good. You gotta save that other one for a time when you're well and truly fucked, and there are no story points to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. I have to make a note of that because I'm gonna forget that. Yeah, it's Um, gonna be
3: months from now, and you're like, it's true. Like 2027 story point. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's gonna be like five characters. Eli's dead, or is he? (laughs) <laughs> oh, he um. Yeah, definitely is. Uh. Yeah, because I think Eli, like, Eli would be like struggling through this, but would uh yeah be determined to.
1: But to, also gives you some purpose, right? I think generally yeah. speaking, what I think we're learning is like anything that gives Eli a sense of purpose that is within the realm of something that he understands or would want to do. Yeah, works really well for him.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm rolling. Oh, this is not. This is. This does not look good. Yep. But we're gonna do it. Oh, two threats.
1: Two threats. Okay. Um. Okay, so Laura, I'm gonna give you one rank in Medicaid. Yeah,
0: oh, that's nice.
1: Um. The problem is,
0: uh, what are you, you taking away, Tom?
1: <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not taking anything away. I'm, I'm adding something. Um, you. Uh managed to get a, uh, a minor addiction to, um, what are we going to say? I'm just looking at the list of narcotics I can pick from. Ha ha ha. Oh, okay. Um, you're going to get a, a minor addiction to uh, sniff musk. It's oh, uh, a little understood psychoactive drug inhaled through the nose as an inhalant gas. Um, and basically I think the way we should think about this is like, you often hear about like dentists getting hooked on, uh, like laughing gas and that sort of thing, just cause it's available all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, he doesn't have a canister that says sniff Musk on it or anything. Um, but I think he's got some kind of painkiller that isn't a high grade drug. So he isn't paying attention to it. Yeah. And I suspect it's the kind of thing where you accidentally like bumped the nozzle one day. Oh,
0: I mean, I think that's very generous of Eli. I I think like it's more like in desperation, he just starts opening anything that he can get to. So
1: yeah, you, and I think the way we're going to play this, this addiction is like, it's um, it's not portable. It's like a rig. Mm. So the only place you can get your fix is in the med bay. Okay. Um, but there is a, a fairly large supply of, of this, so there's your there's your threat. Uh, nice. You gain a little bit of knowledge, but you also unfortunately pick up a, a new vice um, while you're at it. Um, so it's uh, hmm. sniff musk is um, similar to obscura, but it is mm-hmm. like the it's like the rich person's obscura um, in higher circles. I think this stuff is low is well. I mean, Berg is a fancy fella, so this is probably some pretty high grade, high grade stuff.
0: Okay. And what's what are the effects? Sorry, I missed.
1: Uh, it is uh, so it's a a, a psychotropic, um, <laughs> so just gets or psychoactive rather. So it, okay. I think, likely if it's like Obscura, then it it gives you kind of like a, um, a almost a dreamlike. States. So I think in your case, the way I would describe that is like, it's kind of awful, but it's like, it just for a while, it's not like you have a beautiful trip. It's just for a while we get Eli without the nightmares, mm. um, but the crash is bad. Okay. Um, so Ooh. for the people around you, it's kind of like, oh, like they're really getting a glimpse of like, you know, Eli on his favorite day whenever you're on on this stuff so like the honestly the the only comparison i can think of is like uh ron swanson on a good day where like no one bothers him at his desk and like (laughs) he had sex the night before so he was wearing his red shirt and he got like steak and eggs it's like every time you're high it's like it's that day for eli oh man so unfortunately it kind of presents (laughs) to everyone else like you're sort of getting your shit together but instead it's just the part of your brain that is aware of all the horrors of the universe is just muted enough Hmm. that it's not there for a little bit but then when it comes back it like comes back but don't worry i'm sure this can't possibly fuck us later this is going to be just fine yeah all good no
0: it's uh, yeah it's fine it's fine for someone who needs to be alert 24 7 it's fine
1: totally totally yeah 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 full faculties all good yep But also, I will say, like, happy Eli is also unsettling because for when there's someone who's just constantly
3: grumbling all the time, when they're, like, smiling, it's very unsettling. <laughs> I was going to say, what does Morgan think if there are these times where Eli is high and not miserable and haunted?
2: He definitely would be curious about that. I think the problem being that the talking to Tersaeus and that stuff has rattled her. And that this is a weird thing. And I don't know if Eli would notice or not but especially that evening after she talked to terseus and was freaked out she would sneak into eli's room at night while he's sleeping and and like sit in his room with him i don't know if he would notice or wake up this is just like a thing
1: i feel like he's pretty fucked up at this point because that was like the day you took off yeah. Like the day you launched, so I feel like Eli would still be pretty pretty zonked. Um, Laura, do you want to roll to see if you would wake up or do you buy that you would sleep through this?
0: I want to roll only because of Eli's long history of having to be
1: oh okay, costly. yeah all right. all right like, so you know, he
0: spent a lot of time at very yeah. dangerous places
1: yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah. okay. I would take skull duggery or um skull discipline of perception. Do one of the three for me.
0: Um, I think this is discipline.
1: Okay. Um, Morgan, uh, how many ranks in stealth do you have?
2: In stealth, I have two.
1: Two ranks in stealth. And what's your agility? Five. Good <laughs> God. Okay. So,
2: to be fair, here's the thing. If you want to roll it and make it my charm, she is not trying to sneak. She... Is trying to go be comforted by him.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> because
2: she knew she would have nightmares, so she preemptively wants to be in his room where he. Okay,
1: is. well, in that case, I'm actually not going to use any of your stats. I'm going to mm-hmm. say this is just a difficulty of one, and that one just represents needing to fucking sleep it off, uh, to sleep off the the withdrawal symptoms. So. Okay um so one uh laura i think uh i can give you a boost for training Yep. in this uh yeah
0: okay i'll roll hey four successes there we go
1: um all righty so yeah you are aware that uh morgan arrives uh, do you respond in any way or do you just kind of let that ride
2: Morgan's standing or sitting? Morgan would walk in and be quiet in the dark, but wherever his bed is, come sit and sit against
0: a wall, like, balled up, and sit next to the bed where he is. Um... Without turning, opening his eyes, Eli just says, The drinking chair is more comfortable. I'm more comfortable on the floor. You're not
2: sleeping, Eli? It is uh, an exhausting day we've had. Yeah, well, I can't
0: sleep with you storming in here. I I will be very quiet. You you go back to sleep. That was a joke. You were extremely quiet.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, very very funny.
0: And uh he reaches up like beside where his uh like long coat is hanging and throws it to her. Yeah, she'll
2: she'll take it. She has her knees up to her chest, and she will just pull it up and kind of cover her face. You are mm-hmm. you are enjoying this adventure. You you wish to die for the emperor. Yes.
0: Oh, well, I mean, ultimately, isn't that what we all do? I don't know.
2: She says and pulls it up over her face.
1: Oh, no.
0: Well. We'll die for the emperor or we'll get. I don't know. Sucked into the warp. But hey. We're here now. Yes,
2: we are here. You are here. If you will see what happens I guess when the death
0: comes and Eli just kind of grumbles and turns over and closes his eyes
2: and Morgan just sleeps sitting on the floor there with his coat.
1: (laughs) So a few days later when Eli has a bit more of a spring in his step would Morgan respond to that? Would Morgan just kind of let it ride?
2: She would make a mental note as another thing of, hmm, curious, but not on her main list of things to do. She knows that Valentine hasn't given up stuff to him. She would keep an eye on that, but yeah.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, uh, the day before you, um, you arrive at the first waypoint and it, leads you to, surprise, surprise, another waypoint. So I think we, we've gone through about uh, three or four of these over the, the span of, of uh, the time we've been traveling. Um, and uh, the day before things happen, uh, Triseus, um arrives to uh, to report to you, Valentine. Um, and uh, this is probably a day after he talked to Morgan, mm-hmm. uh, after they had their their encounter. So he fills you in on that um he skips the part where she was aggressive he he just describes it as like a, a you know an accidental conversation but a polite one um and that she was relatively forthcoming since the initial kind of cause for this was to discuss morgan in the first place although i think we've kind of moved beyond that uh and then um he says uh so in Cosa-Torzia, uh morgan's reaction does not uh surprised me entirely. Her, uh, from what I can gather, from the uh, the files we have on the planet, these creatures were uh, known as a, uh, a terrible predator. Uh, many of her people, I'm sure, died to these creatures. But uh, here's the interesting thing. So these creatures, uh, their biological makeup is uh, such that uh, if they uh, so choose, if they turn their attention, one of the ways they, they hunt underwater is to uh, uh, use a, some kind of a low-level, uh, almost a psycho effect, a almost a, a sonic pulse uh, that can uh, trigger a, uh, a, a romantic uh, pheromone type of uh, reaction in in their prey, which then in a uh, vaguely uh, amorous and love-struck way will approach them close enough that these creatures can feed on them. Um, it is uh, quite awful. That said, the uh, heretical followers of Slenish, uh, as you know, they seek these pleasures, they seek to uh, commune with their God in all manner of heretical ways, and it would seem that they are Purpose on this planet was to uh, leverage these creatures in an attempt to uh, commune with their god to summon Slanesh into this world, as you know, cultists are like to do. The interesting thing is, they seems that the uh, inquisitors' interest in them was the fact that they developed a way to uh, talk to these creatures, uh, a, a, a codex of a sort. Uh, a way to uh, communicate with, with the Xenos uh, in their own language. Now, the Xenos uh, were not interested, as it turns out. seems like it was a, generally a colossal failure on, on all parts, but uh, the Inquisitor mentions this in his early files, but not in his later files. Interestingly, by the time he went and found them, there was no mention in his files of this particular technology, which as you know, will be of great interest to the uh, Adeptus Mechanicus. So. There is that.
3: Interesting. It appears he has many illicit interests that align themselves with these cultists of Sonesh. Uh, my first request, I mean, obviously, continue your research. Everything you're doing is gold. The Emperor's thrilled. Uh, second, if you could give a profile of this chemical compound, these pheromones to Thaddeus Thunderhorn, I would like him to work on trying to create as much of an antitoxin of whatever quality that he can. Should we find Kanehurst? Should we find these cultists? Should we find a link? I fully expect that this would be weaponized against us. And if there is anything that we can add, along with our general contempt and hatred for all things Xenos, I would love to give our people an advantage wherever we can i will uh, uh, see
1: to it uh, see what we can do as uh, the good news is without one of these creatures uh and from the sense of things a body of water uh it would be almost impossible to uh to cause this effect so uh that is not to say there's not a way but I, I suspect our odds are good but i will uh, see about creating this antidote uh we've also looked into the brain scans uh, Morgan and I are working on some excellent ways to prevent any uh, tampering. Part of it will be to uh, create a clean template, uh, possibly as a backup in case the procedure goes badly. And then we can use this to test against the other ones to see if he snuck any of himself into, into the files. We may not be able to stop it at, the, at here, at, uh, uh, aboard our ship. Um, But I'm confident that with enough time, we can likely find a workaround to solve it at the delivery site. So whenever the brain template is uploaded, uh, these files are removed. Now, this will lead to some gaps uh, in the the templates that are being shipped around, but uh, it's better than shipping some quota with them, no?
3: Yes, yes, I agree. So how long do you believe this will take deadline-wise?
1: Uh... As I understand it, uh, I was going to say he's a good doctor, but he is not particularly good. Uh, Kotov, uh, his machine is not ready. Uh, He he still requires more technologies than what uh, the interrogator was able to uh, deliver onto him. So as soon as he is ready to go, we can probably uh, get this done for you. It is less about adding new technology onto what he has and more about insisting he puts an extra step in that he will not like.
3: Yes, yes, but that's always something we can do because the usage comes from getting what we want. Well, and uh, I imagine
1: the colonel can be very convincing when he wants to be.
3: Yes, yes, he would very much like to become involved in a way that, shall we say, is both holy and bloody at the same time.
1: Um, and so, uh, Vanekoff nods and uh, and kind of leaves you leaves you to your thoughts. Uh, is there anything, um, Ryan, going on internally for Valentine uh, that you? Want to share before we we arrive at a thing
3: he is i guess he wouldn't use the word troubled but looking at it from the outside i would use the word troubled Mm -hmm. by the chorus situation he doesn't like uh the sociopath in him does not like wasting assets and she could be a very useful asset he's also Has struggling with the philosophy that he has which is ultimately the Inquisitor in him says you eliminate the person it's better for the future overall if that works out. He's also effectively changed the visions of the things in the future so there is a chance that if he played it right he could prevent her from becoming that thing. But that thought itself is hubris and it requires on him relying on both charm uh, his faith and his ability to win someone over in a way that can like give them hope. Mm. And he knows that the Corey lied about this. He hasn't told her about her siblings. And if he does, that could very well send her off on a charge to go find fucking the Mechanicus guy who's like crashed with them or like what happened to them. So he doesn't know if he could do that either. So he settled for like, we have to let this float until he's got a sign one way or the other. Um, he probably had a conversation with Father Marcellus about it. And we can kind of skip that chat because I think sure. I know where both of those characters would fall. And I think ultimately it's him asking Father Marcellus, if you know that sacrificing somebody who is a loyal servant of the emperor could make the emperor more safe, is that the thing to do? And undoubtedly the priest's answer is like, that's what they do, so yes. And it's just like not a satisfactory answer for him. (laughs) So that is a a little bit fucking him up uh, and a little bit distracting um, in a way that he's just, I think, very unfamiliar with. Mm. Valentine is a creature who's generally without doubt.
1: Yeah, and I think... Just as like a weird flavor piece on Father Marcellus as well, uh, his hymns aren't upbeat, which just it, it's a small thing, but it's just enough to make you question his advice because it doesn't quite jive with your worldview enough. Like it's 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 a little more traditional Warhammer <laughs> doom and
3: gloom. And like that's not that's not the Emperor's world. Well, will, because that so. means he's he's gently sinning at all times, that's it, which is yeah. annoying.
1: Just undercuts it ever so slightly. So Okay, so um, in, in a state of uh,
3: of questioning. Yeah, he, he's troubled for 5% of his day. The other yeah. 95, he's good at what he's doing, but that's a lot of a percent for somebody like him. Totally fair. Um, so it's in that state
1: uh, that the Marnie's song um, uh, sort of arrives at what should be the final waypoint. Um, and you discover um, a, a, an asteroid field. Uh, so um, large chunks of, of debris and rock uh, just kind of, you know, swirling endlessly in space. Um, and uh, by all accounts, uh, Kanehurst's last resting place is deep within this this field. And this field is on on the edge of the star charts uh, for this area. It is the ass end of nowhere Um was a planet a long fucking time ago? Um, for whatever reason, like imperial record is actually pretty um, vague on this. It was like an uninhabited garbage planet. It blew up for some reason. You know, there's like some jotted margin note about it likely just being a geological a massive geological event. Um, but there had been surveys done of the planet. There was nothing of interest. It was think like a, like a barren moon kind of situation. Um, once it blew up, there was an investigation to make sure that it wasn't like, <laughs> did Horace do it? Um, and yeah, just generally it's been written off as just space phenomenon. Um, so deep, you know, that deep within this, this asteroid field, uh, you'll find, uh, the, uh, the remains of, of Kane Hurst and his crew. Um, but on the edge of the asteroid field, um, there is a, a slowly rotating ship um, that is, uh, you know, you're getting no no signature. Like, there's no pings coming off it. Um, uh, Grimly, uh, you know, kind of pulls pulls your ship to a safe distance and sort of fiddles with with some mechanisms. Um, and uh, you start getting a, uh, a a transmission from it. Uh, it's a crackly, um, pained voice, um, just saying, "Please help." Um but it skips on the the end of the the help. So it's clearly a short voice clip that's been set to repeat. Uh, and you can think of this thing um, uh, a little bit like uh, like it's not a, a big ship um it's uh, sort of like a larger version of like if you think of the the sort of uh, pelican drop ships from uh, Halo. so just kind of a, a you know a smallish scavenger ship, um, but, but rusty and kind of badly built all sharp angles, um, floating dead, uh, sending an endless message of help me, um, into the void. And although your quest is leading you, uh, towards Kanehurst, um, you know, all aboard are fans of context, all aboard are fans of having the most possible information. So grimly uh, at the helm just kind of turns to you, Inquisitor, and says, well, what do we do?
0: This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresies artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborvik.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazz J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org.
3: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half Blind Prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy. Orion Birchfield. Scott Garland, Benjamin V. Gavin and Abby McDonald. Logan, Fire on Friendly. Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan. Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Allerain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Wheeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you. If you're looking for a podcast adventure, check out Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, a podcast where improvisers and comedians who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Dumb Dumbs and Dragons has been featured on the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast, ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America, and has been downloaded more than four million times. Dumb Dumbs and Dragons can be discovered anywhere hilarious podcasts can be found. It's like Lord of the Rings, if everyone was an idiot.